0: Hi, Esty Vesties. I'm Maggie Walker, Associate Managing Editor of Skin Inc. And I'm Marissa, Associate Editor of Skin Inc. and WellSpa360. And welcome to the Sounds Like Spa podcast, your hot spot for all things that are hot, trendy, fun topics of the spa and skincare industry. Mm-hmm. So today, we're actually jumping into, I was so excited because we finally had people tell us what they wanted to hear on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what our theme is based around today. I'm very jazzed about it. We are jumping into some hot ingredients that are on the market. But more specifically, we're kind of doing a battle of the ingredients. Yes. We're battling battling it out. Interesting. We couldn't just lay them out for you. So we're going to be bringing up some of the most, like, trending, effective, popular ingredients and kind of putting them versus each other. Yeah. They're going to battle it out. So let's jump into it. All right. So first things first, it is the beginning of the month, which you guys know means we are going to kind of list off our little monthly favorite. So Marissa, I'm forcing you to go first. That's fine with me. I actually do have like an exciting new product, which is probably not new to a lot of you guys, but I just recently received one. So I've started to use my new face device and oh my God, why did it take me so long to get on this train? But now that I am, it's like Full i ahead! I literally love it so much. I have like the prep mist and then the serum that you put on before it. And I just love it so much. It's like a like a nice morning ritual to do to like wake up your skin. As I've said before, I really like like ice rolling and everything. But this is just like I have my device all set up ready for me to use. And it's just like such a nice thing to wake up your skin, sculpt your skin, get it ready for makeup. Very much been enjoying the whole process. One it's quick, too. It's not like a whole long. Yeah. You know, it's a really quick five minute where you I mean, you can choose the length, but it's a nice five minute. Yeah. I, you totally it's told me travel with too. like I'm yeah. excited because I I can bring it to like where I am and use it before face and body and anything, you know, like I really enjoy the design of it. But it, it works so well, like literally so well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely travel friendly. out of group better. I know you totally told me that that's what you were picking, too. And I completely forgot until you said it. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, My favorite product pick is actually I can't get it out of my head. Uh, so this is the one I'm going with. And it is not skincare related at all. Actually, it is called it is this brand called Nut Pods. And they create like c- dairy free and no sugar added coffee creamers. But they create them in fun flavors. So they're not bland. So like my favorite flavor right now is the toasted marshmallow one. Yeah, it's so good. And I've just been on this like crazy coffee kick because my husband gave me a proposition of what can I buy you so you stop going to Starbucks so often. (laughs) And I figured out how to like make. So my issue with coffee and when I would make it at home is I always like my coffee is always like way too watered down. Mm -hmm. And I learned that all I really want is espresso and milk. (laughs) So I want a latte, but I want it iced. Um, So I just kind of figured out my method to my madness of doing that. I got some really nice, like, no sugar added syrups. Nice. Once you have your whole setup, it it is easier. I've, like, we got our Nespresso last year for Christmas, and I make my little, like, at-home shake and espresso and that great thing. So good. Yeah. So once you have it, it's, like, just as good as Starbucks. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. I've been doing the little shake and espresso. But, yeah, the nut pods, I feel like are a game changer because I feel like almond milk can also, like, make coffee seem really watered. down. like... There's something about the nut pot. It is dairy-free, so it uses, like, a coconut cream. Yeah, it, it is, is, like— I think I have tried the coconut flavor from them, and I yeah, coconut coffee so much. It's, like, one of my favorites. Yeah, it uses a coconut cream and with almond milk, so it gives it, like, this really nice, creamy kind of, like, vibe. But anyway, so that's my pick of the month because I've no, been upset. It's wellness. It's wellness. It's wellness. It's fit. So good for you. Mm-hmm. But all right, so we already kind of said what today's topic is. We're going to do Battle of the Ingredients. We're going to start off strong. This one is one that you genuinely cannot avoid in the industry at this yeah. point. It is retinol versus okay, I always butcher this. Retinol versus bakuchiol. Yep, there it is. Bakuchiol. Bakuchiol. I feel like I feel like I've always said bakuchiol, but then I know I used to say it wrong for sure. So unless I'm saying it wrong right now, I think I used to say like box something like box yeah bio. i feel like i didn't know like how to pronounce it before i saw it, like once i saw it but once i heard bakuchiol it's like okay yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah it's it's kind of phonetic bakuchiol mm-hmm. if you look at it but anyway so these are both really really super trendy ingredients we've actually covered them already i know i did an editor's note that was like a little but bit of, of a battle of, yeah like a different products that had both um i know when Bocuccio first really like hit the market and like before there was a lot of products out on it, you know, like people were like raving about it, but you couldn't find a ton of products yeah. that incorporated it. And now that is. New. Yeah. Yeah. And now that is just like not the case yeah. anymore. Like it is it's definitely mainstream. Mm-hmm. For sure. They're both really, really trendy ingredients right now, specifically with anti-aging skincare. Yeah. Um, I mean, we all know retinol is like an anti-aging all-star, but it also comes with a lot of side effects. Or um, different thing, different reactions with skin. So I think that's where not only is bakuchiol trendy because it's being like posed as like a natural alternative to retinol, but it doesn't have as many adverse reactions as retinol does. 100%. Like retinol is definitely known, you know, it's like a very pure form of vitamin A. It's definitely known that it can be very aggressive to specific skin types. Um, some people have very adverse reactions to it. And that's, you know, that's why, like, trends like the retinol sandwiches come through and, like, things like that of ways to, like, minimize those types of effects where or those reactions, yeah, where a lot of people will instead just turn to buccutio instead because it does not have those types of side effects. So uh, what we're going to do in this kind of little battle of the ingredients is at the end of kind of discussing each ingredient, we're going to kind of jump into what you should keep in mind for your clients if you are recommending either types of products with these ingredients and how to know which way you kind of wanna put your ink mean, in, like you don't have to um, go like one side, but I think that it's very important to understand the difference so that you know which one is a better fit for that specific client. Yes. You know, it's kind of more that where it's like, here's what you need to know about these two. If you like the sound of both of them, you just need to know the difference so that when you're recommending these or retailing these, you're choosing the one that fits best with your client's skin. Yeah, 100%. Um, because everyone's just different and what, you know, they can take on and what they're willing to take on. And, you know, a good example might be if you have a client who's not really, like, into the whole trying the retinol sandwiching thing. Like, they like you know, they're just like, that's so many extra steps or that's so much extra whatever. It might just be an option to just kind of toss a bakuchiol mm-hmm. product at them instead and try it out. Um, So with that being said... One of the top things I would say to keep in mind for your clients is usage. A lot of times with retinol and with retinol products, it is very regimented. it is it is very specific to a routine and sticking to a routine. So if you have a client who's not as good, and I'll be fully honest, I've noticed this myself. like when I have, I'm usually really good about my routine, but obviously, like life happens. yeah. And the months that I get a little more sporadic, I'm not as great about doing my nighttime skincare or whatever, which is usually when I incorporate my retinol because retinol makes you more sensitive to sun, the sun activity and stuff. Um, I have noticed that when I put it back in, it's not like starting all over, but it's definitely like my skin has a reaction. Yeah, there's an adjustment period all over again. So I would say if you have a client who is not particularly exceptional at their home care or really yeah. sticking to a routine, or even if they're traveling a ton, if, you know, they don't have a- day-to-day is, yeah, if their day-to-day is very inconsistent, yeah. uh, Bucutio might be the better option for them yeah. you know, just because retinol needs to be so regimented and so, like, structured. And I'm sure that you guys do have clients who make regular appointments with you who take their skincare very seriously, who are very regimental with the way that they do their routines. So retinol is going to be amazing. I mean, retinol is literally an all-star superhero ingredient for the type of skin that it works on. But bakuchiol definitely is more of, like, I feel a beginner anti-aging ingredient that might not cause the adverse reactions and might be easier to, like, incorporate into a new skincare routine. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, One just said knock it off the list because we've already talked about it. The skin sensitivity. I know we've already talked about that a lot. That's kind of like... I feel like the main difference, the two, I would say, main differences between retinol and bakuchiol is one is like an all natural art- alternative and one which bakuchiol is like the natural retinol yeah. alternative. And then if you are listening, I did air quotes. Um, but and then <laughs> um, uh, retinol also has more of the adverse effects, Yeah. more, you know, it's it's known to be more sensitive to the skin. People are known to have more reactions to it. So if you have a client who already has very reactive skin, their skin reacts to ingredients pretty aggressively and or they have sensitive skin, again, it might be better to just opt for the bakuchiol over the retinol. But it's also like a really nice opportunity too, because I feel like some people, aka me get discouraged that I can't use retinol or that it yeah. hasn't worked for my skin, but I still obviously want the anti-aging firming benefits of that ingredient. It's a nice way to be like, you know, like, I know that you have sensitive skin. We might not be able to do this, but have you heard of this? Because I do feel like, while it is mainstream, a lot of people might not know about the benefits of it and how it might be a retinol alternative. So I do think it's a really unique um, retail-like opportunity within there. Yeah. And I will say, I've used retinols, and I've used uh, bakuchiol, and I, I truly have never had a reaction to bakuchiol. That's good. Another, like... Area that we wanted to get into is sun exposure, which is like a very important reminder for two reasons. Because a, if um, which you should be recommending, like your clients switch up their skincare routines like as seasons change and everything. But if your client really loves retinol, retinol traditionally makes the skin more sensitive mm-hmm. during sun exposure, and summer is obviously a time where people are getting the most sun exposure than they ever will. Um, so bakuchiol might be a nice ingredient to use for the summertime and recommend yeah. for those few months so that uh, your clients are not having those adverse reactions um, and getting more prone to sunburns or um, yeah. sun damage. And again, it's one of those things like we're not saying if you live in like the lovely state of California, you could never recommend retinol to your yeah. clients because that's a sunny state. It's more so just making sure in when it is like high sun season and when the sun is out. Think about your client. If your client is like mountain biking every weekend in the sun like that might not be the best that might not retinol might not be the best option for them but more so just making sure that they're aware and that they know because regardless if you use retinol or buccutio like you should be protecting your skin with SPF. like you should be practicing sun care um it's just kind of like the extra measures of like really making sure you're practicing that sun care yeah i i do think that's an important reminder we also want to talk about these two ingredients with acne-prone skin. Um, so studies have shown that bacuchiol tends to be like a better alternative for people who are acne-prone. Um, retinol has been shown to provide like a ton of acne relief, and it. it works really well with certain skin types and helps with acne along with all the firming and anti-aging benefits. But I do think, like we've mentioned a few times, if you're acne prone and sensitive skin, which a lot of the times your skin is inflamed, it is sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, bacuchio might be a gentler way of treating that acne. But I don't want to make it seem like it's just a knock towards retinol this entire time because obviously bacuchio is a great alternative, but you know your client's skin. So you yeah. know which which path you should take because retinol can literally be like, I mean, we don't like to say like a problem solver for every single thing that you have but retinol can do a lot for skin. yeah so it's really just based on if your client's skin can handle it yeah and what i always think of too um retinol currently i feel like is huge in the industry this year in 2023, it has been like the ingredients between the retinol sandwiching trend there have been a lot of brands that have come out with new retinols or new retinoid form not forms but you know like it, their formulation formulations using it in their products and stuff but I do think something I always like to keep in mind is bakuchiol always seems to be kind of like spoken about in this like really like this is a great alternative. This is a great option. You know, this is great. And it is. It is a great ingredient. And I think what it is is bakuchiol is still newer. Yeah. Retinol is known. Retinol is a very comfortable known ingredient in the industry. So I feel like a lot of the times why it might seem like retinol is getting knocked and Bacuchio is getting praised is more so just because Kuchul is new yeah it is the new shiny fun toy yeah um so yeah so I just wanted to say that because I agree with you like we're not knocking retinol by any means retinol is a great product and it it does a lot it's been in the industry forever it's nothing new per se um so yeah I feel like I just wanted to yeah we just had to put in our last little like hey we don't hate retinol we still want the retinol um so next ingredient This is like my... Okay, sorry. I have a hair and it's driving me crazy. I am shedding like a wild animal, you guys. (laughs) Okay. Our next ingredient is right up my alley because I am a skin girly. (laughs) So we are doing snow mushroom versus hyaluronic acid. Um, I actually remember when snow mushroom first had its moment. Like first really came... Because I think it was like back in 2019 or the very, very end of 2018. Mushrooms just exploded. I had... So much fun with and like, magic mushroom headline. I've only reposted those articles because that was right before I started here and before I had my introduction to, like, the skincare world. So I'm not as familiar with – I mean, I obviously know that it's still trending that mushrooms can do a yeah. lot for – Skin and wellness, but I, I was not there for the mushroom. For the big mushroom. Oh, it was so fun. It was just, I don't know. It was just a kind of like the same thing was like CBD. It was just like a really great time to be really punny and funny with yeah. like headlines. Um, but one mushroom in particular that really hit the spotlight was snow mushroom. And I remember specifically Eminence actually came out with a product like right when snow mushroom was exploding. Okay, And I don't know if it was like, I can't remember if it was an eye cream. It was something. But again, it was really hydration based. And, yeah. You know, Eminence is a brand that's really well known for using like organic and natural ingredients. And that's kind of what the big push for Snow Mushroom was. It, it is a very natural form of hyaluronic acid, which I feel like is a common thread when you're battling out ingredients. I'm going to say I feel like everybody is looking for natural alternatives. Like, yeah. It's no secret that people are wanting the most natural pure form of skincare ingredients and clean ingredients in their skincare and their food and anything like natural is is here. Yeah. And it's and, not going anywhere. I mean I love hyaluronic acid. I love it. I do feel like the difference between like the retinol Bacucio one and snow mushroom and hyaluronic acid, and I could just not be very well versed. I feel like Snow Mushroom didn't boom as aggressively. Like, I don't know, like, a ton of products that no. have or highlight Snow Mushroom. They might have it, so but they don't highlight You want to know, I feel like Snow Mushroom is found in so many K-beauty formulations. Yes. Um, Maybe not, like, as mainstream in some of, like, the larger skincare. I mean, like you said, Eminence is a giant skincare brand, and they incorporate it in there, but it's definitely not marketed the same as hyaluronic acid. I would agree. I feel like hyaluronic acid is, like, and I mean, it might just be because it's so well known mm-hmm. that it's like, yeah, it's like I feel like hyaluronic acid is the ingredient for hydration. Yeah. Because so I like it's the, eight it girl. Is the it is. I mean, I love hyaluronic acid. She's my best. Eight. That's like there will always be fully stocked hyaluronic acid yep. theorem in my skincare routine. Always. It's what keeps my skin clear. I feel like for me, it's like my favorite. Yes. No, I mean, Like you will find me hard-pressed to not have at least hyaluronic acid somewhere, whether it's in my moisturizer, in a serum itself. Usually it's in a serum, in my moisturizer. But um, just really quick key rundowns of the differences between the two. So hyaluronic acid is really well-known for holding a 1,000 times its weight in water. Again, being very hydrating. Now, snow mushroom only holds, well, I shouldn't say only. It holds 500 times its weight in water, which obviously is half of hyaluronic acid. I can do that math. (laughs) Easy math. But the difference between snow mushroom is it's more like flexible hydration in terms of restoring dry skin. And even more so than that, the reason that it really stuck out, I remember in 2019 when it like first really like boomed and it was like, this is the new form of hyaluronic acid. This is the big thing. The reason it really stuck out is it's a smaller molecular size so it can penetrate the skin deeper. Okay. Uh, whereas hyaluronic acid has a larger molecular size, so it can't get as deep into the skin. So those were kind of the key differences, and that was what they were really amplifying with snow mushroom, is that it was like the natural form of hyaluronic acid, um, and that it could like penetrate deeper than hyaluronic acid. Which makes sense. Yeah. So those were like the key, I would say, differences that they were, because again, they're both ingredients that help with hydration. I know snow mushroom also has like some brightening benefits in there. I feel like hyaluronic acid can say the same thing. Yeah. So the the key benefits were just those two because it got docked pretty quickly being like, Well, hyaluronic acid can hold more of its weight in water. Yeah. But they're like, Yeah, but snow mushroom can penetrate deeper. So Yeah. So it kind of like evens out, I would say. Because if you're getting that like five hundred times but it's like penetrating deeper. Can we say it's like maybe like an even scale? I feel like yeah. I feel like, like they kind of like closer than yeah what we think. Yeah, because like I feel like it does even out the scale in the sense of like hyaluronic acid is double the amount, but no, not having it. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, all, all right. right. So on to things you should consider when recommending a product to your client. Obviously, if your clients are looking for hydration. This is great. But I mean, I feel like both these ingredients are great regardless of skin type. I feel like that does not have to play a factor as aggressively, I would say. I think yeah. that's what drew me to it at first, too. Um, I mean, the same way where it's like retinol, there's almost not like fear, but I was like, oh, I wonder how my skin's going to react. I never had that concern. Yeah. Hyaluronic acid. Like, I was kind of just like, oh, this just seems like there's no negatives here. Like, what could possibly go wrong? And I was right. only positive. Her only, po- <laughs> only benefits. Uh, So what I would say to think about and consider, first and foremost, the main difference is, are you going, does your client want to go a more natural organic room in their skincare routine? Uh, Because Snow Mushroom is going to be the way they probably want to go just for that. That is kind of like, I mean, but it's important. There's going to be clients where it's like, I'll take this more, not medical route, but just more clinical route to my skincare. And then you're going to have the clients that are like. I would love the natural alternative for all of these products. I only want to use natural, sustainable ingredients on my face. Yeah, I really feel like though, looking at these two ingredients and what they offer the skin. Um, I mean, really, besides the if it if they want to go the natural route or not, I feel like it just comes down to personal preference. Yes, totally. It's not like this end all be all type of battle. I feel like it's really whatever you think is going to fit your client. Best. Yeah. That and availability. Yeah. I'd say are the two because, again, I feel like there are so many hyaluronic acid yeah. products on the market and snow mushroom. I mean, I, again, I can think of the one from Eminence, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I've just seen. I mean, I, sure. there probably are. Yeah. I'm sure there's probably a ton of product to with it. A little bit more. It. Yeah. And I feel like it might just be one of those things where it's not called out. Like hyaluronic acid, if your product has it. It is like called out in key ingredients True. every time. Like name targeting. Exactly. And I feel like there's so many times that you end up looking at the ingredient label and there's like 30 other ingredients that weren't mentioned. Mm-hmm. And so snow mushroom might just fall in there. I'm sure there there might be products in there that blend the two together yeah. and use both. I'm sure there are. I would not Love be surprised. That. Show me where to find that. <laughs> I know. Um, I, would take, I would take that. <laughs> But so yeah, so I would say those. Really, it just comes down to natural. Absolutely, yeah. I feel like snow mushroom sounds more exotic. It looks pretty. Have you seen them? They kind of look like this, like underwater coral jelly. Yeah, I just love mushrooms in general. Not like doing (laughs) 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 mushrooms. No, like eating (laughs) ingredients. And now I'm gonna try them on my (laughs) face. Not like doing mushrooms. Hey. Microdosing is a wellness trend. All yeah. Right. I don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> All right. So last battle of the ingredients is gonna be another big one this year. Uh PHA versus AHA. You had to have heard it Yeah, a hundred percent. If not from like everywhere else, there's four articles on our website about it. And that I've that's absolutely I was like, <laughs> PHA especially just like explode so check now their whole yeah so if you bought a skinning.com shameless plug you can find information on all of these but uh no pha exploded absolutely like they were like pha sensitive skin peel and you guys went feral Mm -hmm. absolutely feral rightfully so wild animals out out in these spa streets (laughs) uh but i think this one to me is one of the the ones that is very an indirect comparison, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, I feel like retinol and bacutriol is pretty direct yeah. in what they offer and the benefits. Same thing with snow mushroom hyaluronic acid. This one, I feel like they're compared all the time. But, like, the main thing they have in common is that they're, like, exfoliants and they are used in chemical peels. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like they're actually very different ingredients for different purposes. Yeah. Uh, so as a really quick breakdown and rundown, just because this helps me kind of keep them straight. When it comes to these, AHAs are typically best when used for dry skin, BHAs are best when used for oily and acne prone skin, and PHAs are best for used for sensitive skin. So again, like, I feel like the main thing they have in common is that they exfoliate the yeah, skin. They're all going to be used in exfoliation peels or treatments for yeah. So they're, I feel like, again, they're just like less direct yeah. of like a battle. Yeah. Like it's kind of like. They're, like all of them. I mean, some of them are used in one form, you know. Yeah. Right. Like they're used in one formulation together. So again, it's not personal preference in this scenario, but it's like if you have someone that you know is sensitive, PHAs are just a very exciting new yes. thing. Because a lot of the times I know exfoliation we know how important it is, but it may be a little bit intimidating. Yeah. Especially chemical peels. So the the sound of a a gentle exfoliant is why so many people are like, What are PHAs? Yeah. Can I use that? Can I try that? Like totally understand the interest in it. Yeah. Cause AHAs are well known in the industry and they're great. Yeah. They're almost borderline like a staple. Yeah. Like, they are, you will find some form, version, type of that in a treatment room mm-hmm. of some kind. So I feel like the PHA is the standout, the things that they're really pushing that they're like, you know, to make it stand out and make mm-hmm. it different and and make people pay attention to it. They're really good for first-time peel clients that yeah. you're not sure what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I really- it was in mine for my first peel that I did with Selena Organic. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I want to say that she did a mushroom peel on me. But I remember her saying, because it's your first peel, it's going to be gentler. So I wonder if it. Yeah. Because feel- I feel like lactic acid is another one that a lot of the times that's the go-to people use on me for a gentle peel. Okay. And lactic acid is usually used because it won't make you peel peel. Mm-hmm. So like I would feel like lactic. I don't I don't know. It could be. I could be totally wrong. I have never had it used on me in a treatment room as like a chemical peel that will like make my skin peel. Yeah. The way that like an AHA or a BHA peel yeah. can. Yeah. Um, So, again, I'm actually very curious about PHAs in that sense of, like, that is the way they're propositioned a lot is as first-time peel clients. You won't peel peel. They're great for sensitive skin. And I think that was the standout. Yeah. Was there is a lot of people with clients who have sensitive skin that they did not feel comfortable doing kind of peel on them. Even, like, it's, like, goes both ways. But I just feel like, and correct me if, like, you disagree, gentle is, like, a buzzword. Yeah. Or, like, any skincare formulation or, I mean, I know that like sometimes those like hard results are what you need, but I do think that gentle exfoliation or gentle skincare is like really drawing it in people mm. right now. I mean, anything that doesn't sound like abrasive to the skin yeah. sounds good to me, but I just think that people are erring on the side of like being gentle with their skin, which we all agree with. Yeah. It's like a good route to take, but I do think that's why PHA is like making oh, so. such a name for itself. That makes sense. I wonder if the gentle being so like buzzy right now, uh-huh. how people are like... Because even like I've read like exfoliants, like um, like a physical exfoliant, and they'll even say like gently slaws off. That's yeah, so how do you say that it? Word? No, it literally. Yeah, I think so. Slues? Slues? I don't know. I that's a word that you read it in your head and you know exactly you bet what it girl. is. Yeah, but then when you go to say it out loud, interpretation it doesn't. It. But no, I agree. I feel like. With just writing articles up and reading product description, it's always gently, it's gently Gently does this. And I wonder if it's because for, like, a hot period, people believed that, like, burning, abrasive, stripping were good feelings to have on the skin. You should be. That means it's doing something. That means it's working. And I feel like we're moving away from that a little bit. Yeah, I feel like now they're being like, no, it shouldn't sting. Yeah, actually, you shouldn't be experiencing pain. That <laughs> that shouldn't be had. This should be a good time. Uh, but okay, so yeah, so that is the kind of PHA versus AHA battle, mm-hmm. um, which again has been like highly talked about. I would say if you are looking for information about any of these, definitely check out skinning dot com. Shameless plug, but PHA we have covered extensively yeah. here, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, both in like video content and I mean, in articles. Yeah. yeah, like we have extensively covered PHAs. If you are really looking for a better understanding of it and using it in the treatment room and using it in chemical peel form, we have some really great resources on skinning.com that you should definitely check out for that then. But yeah, I guess same with retinol. Yeah. Because we've really That's extensively cool. covered retinol this year. There's too. a decent amount of mushroom. I don't know specific snow mushroom, but Fruit. mushroom content on there. And for sure Bakuchiol, too. I mean, we have to like follow what's trending, but I do think that with all of these topics covered, while they are like maybe in the moment right now, like they're all staples. Like, yeah. Going to be. So I agree. There's gonna be content everywhere. We've definitely covered all of these to some degree. I would just say recently this year, the ones that have really popped off that I know we've covered aggressively would be PHAs and retinol. Totally. Because those have been two like incredibly trendy ingredients. But So back to PHAs, things to keep in mind for your clients. I would say the main one, the one that it's like so aggressively pushed for is if they're a first-time peel client and you're just like unsure of how their skin might react, PHAs could be a really good, gentle route to go. Also consider their skin type, which you guys consider in every single treatment that you do. But if you already know that your client needs a gentle exfoliation, then PHAs are a really great alternative. Yeah. This one kind of just like a little throw in from me i would say think about using phas in the treatment room more specifically than as a retail item if they have a special event coming up yeah. because again since it's such a super gentle peel since it you can easily use it in the treatment room yeah. without actual peeling happening uh i think that could be great for you know like a red carpet facial a wedding yeah. day facial not wedding day it'll be terrifying but like You know, the pre-wedding facial, like all those kinds of like special event facials where they're like really just prepping themselves for like a really nice event. I think it's like one of those where they can really make a difference, but you don't have to like take the prep of like having your skin actually peel and like experience those reactions before you get to that end result. All right, guys, we are jumping into a quick ad. We wanted to talk to you about face and body. I know we've talked about it a lot. This is actually probably going to be the last podcast episode we talk about yeah. for this year. it's coming up, guys. This is literally the last call out that we can do. You're gotta you are gotta, got to register. You've got to get in there if you're coming with us. Uh, in case you did not know, face and body is happening August 20th to the 21st of this year at the Safe Care Credit Convention Center in Sacramento, California. So we are super jazzed because that is less than a month away now at this point. Uh, It is really coming around the bend. It is. And it's at our new location, which we're so excited about. It's obviously great for all of our nail artists Mm -hmm, and technicians because we've actually held the nail pro show there before. So we know that it's an amazing location, um, but we're really excited for its connection to beauty and nature, which is our theme. And I think it's going to be an excellent show. So if you have not registered, definitely go to our site, register, go to Face and Body. We will have so much education for you. If you guys would like to know more about the classes that are being offered, how you can get your education and even the skinning Life stage and panels that we have going on, you can go to our site because we are posting all about that stuff and we've been posting all about that stuff. So definitely check it out, figure out your schedule, go and we will see you there. Yes, we will. Bye, guys. All right. ST besties. It is game time. I feel like that was a really aggressive jump back in after an ad, but it's game time. Yeah, it's game time. We are. I am taking a hiatus from love it or leave it because I think I, I, I overplayed that game a bit. So we are playing this or that. Which I'm pretty sure we just played in our last podcast episode, Uh, which is fine. I guess I have a new game that I'm obsessed with. There's only so many. There's only so many for a podcast. But I feel like because this was a little bit of a battle episode, Mm -hmm. this makes sense for us. This or that's going to be fun. Uh, This or that this time is going to be ingredient specific to match theme, obvi. But we basically are just going to go through a list of different types of ingredients. I tried to pair them. With ones that made sense together, like I wasn't going to pair like a salicylic acid with like niacinamide or something. Like I was trying to make them make sense together. So we are just going to kind of choose our favorites. And we're obviously going to start off with the ones that we talked about in this podcast episode. So first, retinol or bakuchiol. I'm going to go bakuchiol only because I can't use retinol so far. It doesn't love my skin, so I'm going to go with bakuchiol. How about you? I'm also going to go with Bicuccio, um, for a couple of reasons. The same, I feel like every time I've tried to incorporate retinol, and again, I could just be doing it wrong, or it could be because I'm kind of bad at keeping, like, a regimented routine, which I know is not a good thing, but I do have, the other reason I really am going for Bacuchio is I do have, like, a Farmhouse Fresh mask that has Bacuchio in it, and it's, like, one of my absolute favorites. I mean, personal connection. Yeah. I can click personal connection. I, so, I just love that mask so much, so... I think for that reason, I'm going to Cuccio. All right. Next up, we've got snow mushroom or hyaluronic acid. I got to go hyaluronic acid. I am a hyaluronic acid girly. I have so many products with it in there. I always make sure to have it in my routine somehow. And like, I don't know, to be honest, I'm a dry skin girly. I feel like I'm sure I would love snow mushroom and I tried it. But I just like feel like I, I'm on that. of. Yeah, I'm on that hyaluronic acid bandwagon, man. Yeah, hard. same way. I'm, I would go with hyaluronic acid, definitely curious towards snow mushroom. And I will do my research into what products I can try out because I would be super excited to try it out. But for the time being, because I just have used it so much for the last few years and it's done so many amazing things for my skin, I'm going hyaluronic acid. I'm also just not like a... Not that I don't like that. I have plenty of products that are all natural, all organic that I love, but I'm not like a like a strict... It's got to be natural. Yeah. You know, so I feel like that's also kind of why I lean hyaluronic yeah. acid. So I just like just. Like. <laughs> All right. PHA or AHA? Um, PHA for me. I I don't think I've been told that I don't have like sensitive skin, but I just I'm more like lean on the side of gentler uh, like formulations for anything. So I feel like it's an easy pick with PHAs for me. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like PHAs I've used in the treatment room, but I've definitely on retail products that use like. Gentler versions of AHA, Mm -hmm. and I love those. So are we going with AHA? So I think I might go AHA just because I've experienced it in like a couple overnight treatments and stuff that I just like truly, truly love. And I feel like I also have dry skin, which makes sense because AHAs are better for dry skin. Yeah. Um, and I just I've used them in the overnight, and I just feel like like one of them was a product that was like to help it was like part of my home care before my wedding and stuff and truly I don't believe my skin has ever looked like prettier in oh, its life than when I, I was like that. Eh. I know I've got to find it I got to go back to my physician <laughs> and be like I need it I need another one and I can't remember for the life of me what the brand was or anything but it was a really good product it was a really good overnight product all right love that um our next one moving out of what we discussed today um would you rather do a mud mask, mask or a clay mask This one's so hard because I feel like clay masks always make me feel very dry and tight. But I also feel like I can't remember if I've ever actually done like a legit mud mask. I don't think I have, but I was going to go clay mask solely based off of like every clay mask I've done smells fantastic. And I just love like that tight feeling. I just feel like it's like detoxing my skin. Like that's like everything bad coming out of it. And I don't know if it is. I mean, I know that it does do that, but I don't know if that exact what I'm feeling is. Yes. Is that. But I just I really enjoy a clay mask. I love the feeling of it. Okay, I feel like I'm going to say clay mask, but that's only because that's the only ones I've experienced. I don't truly love a clay mask, though. But I, I don't know. I feel like all my stuff. I just really like hydration stuff. Yeah. A mud treatment sounds fun. I think like, like I would enjoy it. Yeah. Like cover your body in mud. Uh, oh, wait, that's a lie. I did do a mud mask. It was while I was in Greece on our honeymoon. They had us a bougie, bougie moment. But they did. They had us apply a mud mask. And then we got to sit. It was so pretty. We got to sit in this like cute little like warm bath thing. And it was just like me and Alec. And you just like look out. It was in Santorini. So you just like look out at like, oh my gosh, it was so pretty. But I did do that, and I actually really liked that mask because it didn't give that drying effect. But I'm pretty sure that was a mud mask. All right. Maybe she's mud mask. So I think I'm going to go mud mask. Okay. I could be completely wrong, and that might have been a clay mask. But I think it was a mud mask, so I'm going to say mud mask. All right. I like that we have different answers for this. This is good. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just bored. I know. We're just, just a, a- rain real so- Okay, so next we have, so these ones I picked because they're both, like, really, like, I feel like K-Beauty hot ingredients. So the snail, I think it's snail mucin. Yeah. Or salmon sperm. Um, I'm going to go snail mucin because, like we've talked about in our last episode, salmon sperm is still, like, in the very early days mm-hmm. of, like, research and all of its benefits. So I'm just going to go with the one that has proof of skincare benefits, you know? Yep. And because it sounds... I, I don't know if it sounds nicer actually. <laughs> like I actually am not sure. Well, what's really funny is I feel like snail. I don't know if it was snail mucin specifically, but like snail masks and like snail ing- as an ingredient was actually hot like a couple years ago. Like pre COVID, right now it's huge on TikTok right now. Not on TikTok right now, it's going nuts. I all use the same serum, and I think it's a K Beauty product, but I'm not sure. It probably is. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But it was actually like a really hot product like a few years ago, like pre-COVID. Um, I love how that's how we basically tell time now, <laughs> the pre or post. But like pre pre-COVID, I remember it was like a really up and coming, and so there was so many masks and creams and serums and all this stuff that was coming out with it. And I remember I tried this mask, and it's it was weird because it is like goopy, not goopy. That's such a gross word. But it is like, it was like this red mask. And then if you like put your hands against it, it was a sheet mask. So if you put your hands against it and then like pulled them apart, you had that like almost like snail slime. Yeah. Like texture. <laughs> but like my skin was stunning yeah. after. Like it gave you that glass skin look. Like you looked so glowy and hydrated. So yeah. I'm going to go snail mucin for that reason. Um. Okay. Our next one is mandelic acid or salicylic acid. Mandelic. I am a mandelic acid girly for f- far <laughs> I currently have it in my routine because I keep breaking out, which is really annoying. That makes it sound like it's not doing a good job at fixing that problem. But it is. It is a great. But I feel like mandelic is just a little more gentle for me. Mm. I have had really good responses to it. Um, I'm pretty sure Eminence has like a mandelic acid cleanser and it smells like yeah. you heaven and orange blossoms put in a bottle. So for all of those reasons, I'm picking Mandelic. I think I am too. I feel like Mandelic is more um, like the natural marketing. And then I feel like Salicylic is where you hear like all the more like clinical, like yeah. me formulations. Um, I don't know, like if I've used like a specific Mandelic, like in my routine, I need to check. But I, I do think that I err on the side of gentle. So I'm going with Mandelic. Yeah. I love. Maybe I need love to add it Mandelic. in my routine. I really like it. Okay, next we have like a little fun floral option. We have rose hip or hibiscus. I'm a rose girl. Uh, if you can put it in a toner, if you can mm-hmm. put it. I just like the smell of it. I don't know if I actually truly enjoy like the ingredient, what ingredient like the mm-hmm. benefits of it for my skin, but the smell, I am a rose girl all the way. I think I'm going to go hibiscus. I feel like it's like a little bit more tropical. Yeah. Like a little bit more like unique in, in there. Um, and I'm not, like, really a rose girl. Like, I don't like it receding roses, really. <laughs> I don't know if that's something that I should be putting in there because it has nothing in the blue skin. I, it. it counts. But I, I like hibiscus. Yeah. That makes sense. Good. All right. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. No. You're, you're up. Okay. Oh, OK. Here we go. <laughs> uh, physical or chemical sunscreen. I'm so glad I got to ask you this one because I don't want to go first. I don't know. Really? Have you yeah. tried both? which can i sound stupid for a second absolutely which one's mineral that is physical physical then for me yeah i love a mineral sunscreen that's all i use that wasn't stupid that wasn't a stupid question the (laughs) esthetician that's fine it's fine i'm still learning my spf i wasn't even wearing sunscreen i was freaking burning the <laughs> don't tell them that before i was an editor for skin ink i did not know that you should be wearing sunscreen every single day oh no 100 percent same and i don't know if i was just ignoring that messaging because i do think it was out there <laughs> but i don't know i yeah, i love a good tanning session but i've been way better about it but i like a mineral sunscreen i just think that Um, It doesn't make, like, break me out as much. I don't get as much of a white cast. It's definitely, like, more wearable to me. So I definitely enjoy a physical sunscreen more than chemical. That's so funny because I feel like I get more of a white cast from mineral sunscreen. Really? Maybe it's just the one you're using. Yeah, maybe I just don't rub it in well enough. Maybe I'm just really bad about rubbing it in. But I feel like I'm such a conundrum with this because I truly... Do not have a preference. I do not care as long as my skin is protected. Yeah. Uh, I think my main actual like considerations and thoughts actually come in like more into play of like, am I ruining the the water and the reefs and stuff? Oh, okay. Is like where my actual. Fears come we're in. going out of here and we're doing reef safe. I'm a <laughs> reef safe sunscreen, but I think that's where I'm more because I actually care. I'm obviously I care about my skin and I care about me and I like understand the differences, but. I feel like I'm, I'm much more like aware of like, well, I don't want to like go poison the water yeah. I'm about to go in, but no matter what it's going on in my skin. So I might as well and use one that. Yeah. As long as I can get like higher than SPF 30. Yeah. I'm a happy girl. But also I tend to lean towards tinted at all times. Oh, for, my for face. sure. For sure. Okay. Next pumpkin or pineapple. Oh, it's so hard i they're both good they're both great and the reason i paired these together is they're both enzymes so i was thinking like enzymatic expression. yeah um i think i might michael pumpkin though because <laughs> i'm fall i'm a spooky girl i'm a spooky girl <laughs> it's forever and always spooky season is so close guys and uh especially when you're listening to this this is that will already be my fall time Like, I've considered fall to be started. Really? Yeah. When Target starts selling fall decorations, that is when my fall starts. I think my fall usually starts when I can get pumpkin something at Starbucks. Mm, I guess that's fine. That's what. (laughs) But that usually starts, like, mid-August. Yeah. So it counts. I can't wait that long. The beginning of August, it's like, it strikes August first, and it's like. Me, uh, me and my sisters and my mom, are we do a little book club together, and we've already picked out all our spooky reads for fall. Love it. We have we have some really good ones on there. I don't know if you've heard of any of them, but we have like one of That's them's called like, she started it. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that? Did the mic did hear that, Kyle? Did you hear it? Just, Just a soft gasp and then oh, he better more than I thought. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that was really funny. Uh hold on. I gotta, like, dry can my eyes a little hot. I know. I'm getting What's these lights? But, yeah, so I choose pumpkin because I'm a... Should we do, like, a full, like, fall skin episode? No, oh, we should. Have to. We can, like, do, actually, a little preview. What if we did, like, Tet where it's, like, vampire facial? And, like, that would yes. be super fun. I, I don't like know food. if you like it. Maybe that'll be... That'll be the poll. That's a Ooh. great... Uh, of <laughs> Okay, poll question is going to be if you guys want a spooky a spooky spa episode, spooky skincare, a spa skincare. Oh, You're on man, okay, so this really cute. a project to spawn. That was, that was fun. That was fun. That was the whole thing. I'm pretty jazzed about our spooky episode. Me, I'm it. not gonna lie. That was a really lovely tangent. I hope you guys liked it. <laughs> but that wraps up this episode. I want to make sure to say because I'm horrible at doing this, please subscribe. Please follow. What? Please listen. You can find this podcast obviously on Spotify for listening to it on there, which I think is majority of our audience. Yeah. It's also on Amazon Music. We also post like a bunch of article updates, whether we're updating like a specific topic with the video that we filmed from our podcast. We have articles about the specific episode we post on social. So you can definitely find a ton of fun video and like image content that has to do with the podcast as well. Um, We love that you guys are listening to us, but you can also catch us on a couple other outlets as well. Yes, very true. But so please, if you like the podcast, if you enjoy it, please hit the follow button on whatever streaming service you're listening on or just make sure to keep tuning in. We always share episodes the first and third Thursday of every Mm -hmm. month, And let us know what you want to hear. This was a really fun episode for us because we specifically knew that a listener wanted to learn about ingredients. So let us know what topics you're loving or you want to know more information about, and we'll definitely take that into account for future episodes. All right. Well, that's everything. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Oh, I ruined it. We'll do the last sentence. Oh, I ruined it. (laughs) We will talk to you later, guys. Bye, besties. Bye.